This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hi everybody, we're back and uh, it's our Wednesday study. It goes live. Uh, some of you watch on Facebook. Most of you watch this on YouTube and you'll watch it during the week and however you watch it, hey, I just hope you learn something from this. Today, uh, as we are near the end of Colossians study, um, we have one after this, we're going to talk about talking to unbelievers. Paul has just led us on how to talk to God in prayer. Now, he's going to give us some very practical instruction on how do you talk to an unbeliever. Let me tell you what I know. And it just, it's just what it is. I wish it wasn't, but it just is. I know that most American Christians rarely, if ever, share their faith. Now that needs a change. You see, <clears throat> I, think, I think there's a, a list of usual suspects that um, hinder us from sharing our faith. I think the biggest one is fear. Other people say, oh, I don't know enough, which you cannot go with the I don't know enough because you have a testimony. When the blind man in John 9 was healed, they asked him, the Pharisees asked him, tell us about this man, Jesus, whether he's a sinner or not. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, once I was blind and now I can see. That's a testimony. You don't have to have all the theological answers. You have a testimony of how God has changed your life. So don't worry about not knowing enough. And when you run into a question you don't know enough, say, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Share the testimony. Then go study up on what the answer is to the question they ask you. It's very simple. Another reason why I think people don't share their faith is a very simple the way you start off your day. You need to start off your day like the... Uh, apostles in the book of Acts did, you ask God to give you boldness and opportunity. Boldness and opportunity to share your faith with others. You ask for that in prayer, God will answer that prayer. <clears throat> I think another reason why we don't share our faith is I just don't think many Christians see an urgency in seeing lost people come to God. I just think we've just lost our pizzazz, lost our fire for God. I don't get it. I don't understand that. There should always be a fire. You should always be putting logs in the fire through the study of the Word of God, through prayer, through worship, through fellowship. The reason why you are dim now is not God's fault. It's your fault or mine for not putting daily logs on the fire. You never have to lose your fire for God. Friends, come on. This is urgent time. Now, Paul, he's going to give us some great methodology on how to share our faith. And I love these two verses we're going to look at today. So I'm going to read Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Watch this. They're great. And then we're going to break them down. He says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders. Hmm making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, 
so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Whoa, I don't know if you ever read those verses before, but they're fantastic. So here we go. Let's break them down. The first thing he says is this, be a good witness to outsiders. He says it like this, conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders. Real quick, what's the assumption? What's Paul assuming in that verse? The assumption is you and I are going to come in contact with outsiders, with unbelievers. Paul is assuming, Paul is hoping that we are in contact with lost people. That's what he's saying. Now, the, what he just said, though, in these verses, he's talking about conduct yourself correctly towards outsiders. Conduct yourself as a follower of Christ at work, at home, at the job, at a party, at school, at the gym, at the, with the person who's taking your order in the drive-thru, with the person, the retail clerk, at the store you're buying stuff from, with the waitress, at family holiday gatherings, wherever you're at, don't be one of those cranky, obnoxious Christians at a store or wherever. Conduct yourself correctly. You and I should be the most joyful, forgiving people. You know what I do? Whenever there's something that I think is wrong and I ask the clerk or whatever, I go, hey, this is not this. And I always say this, I go, look, I know you're just doing your job. I'm, I'm not, I, we're okay here. But I just got to ask this question. See, I don't want to insult people. I want them to be, I want them to think, you know, I'm an okay guy. Because if they find out I'm a Christian, man, I want them to say, you know, that's really what a Christian should be like. So this is about conducting yourself correctly. I've got to be a good witness before I can witness. You and I both know unbelievers love it when Christians fail, huh? You know that, huh? Because they love to say, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. That's their favorite line. <laughs> so we need to fail less often. We need to clean up our behavior, clean up our act towards unbelievers, our language, our words, the way we carry ourselves, clean it up so that when we are a good witness in our conduct, our words of witness will be accepted. Now, the second thing he says is this. Pray and look for opportunities to share. How does he say it? He says, making the most of the opportunity. Daily. Daily. Ask for boldness and opportunities to share your faith. In the book of Acts, go back and read it. They get arrested. They get beaten up. Then they get released. And then what do they pray for? Boldness. Question, what got them in trouble in the first place? Boldness. They pray for the very thing that got them in trouble. They didn't back off and pray for protection. Oh, Lord, protect me. Put a bubble around me. Keep me away from you. No, they went right back out there. They weren't afraid. They were bold as lions. Now, <clears throat> pray for opportunity, boldness. So I'm sitting at this coffee shop I study at on a regular basis. And there's a guy that comes in there. He's, he's older than me. I mean, there are people older than me. And he's retired and good guy. We've developed a friendship. Every certain day of the week, he comes in for like 45 minutes. And he always looks at me. I go, yeah, you could take the chair off. So I'm saving you this seat. His name is John. And uh, we have this friendship. 
and he'll we'll dialogue. And what we've been doing lately as I'm building this friendship, we, we solve the world's problems. <laughs> we talk about all the problems in this culture, how crazy this culture is, how upside down this culture is, how, how, how could you get thinking like this, and we solve it. Of course, nobody's listening to us, but we do solve the problems. But a couple weeks ago, he sat down, and I'll never forget. In my mind, I said, okay, God, give me boldness and give me opportunity with him. I'll never, I said that in my head as he's sitting down. We're talking for like 25 minutes, and somehow he asked the question about, it must be very difficult for what you do with the way things are today and what you and people this and that. And I go, okay, God, he asked the question. Because I didn't want to offend him. Because it's like, he's an older guy. I just want to be careful. I don't want to drive him away from me. It took a long time to get him here. And I started to share. And I started to share. God opened up that door. And I took the boldness opportunity. And I started to share and share. And he asked the next question. And I answered that question. He asked, the, he asked this one. I answered that question. I answered this question. I shared and shared. And I finally said, I said, John, what you got to do is you got to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You gotta be sure, man. You gotta be sure. I got all the way to that point there. That happened because I asked God, give me an opportunity with him. Give me boldness with him. He didn't run for me. The next week he came back and sat with me again. <laughs> so you, you develop these friendships and then you wait for these opportunities. Ask for God for boldness and he'll give you the boldness. The opportunities are there. And it can happen for you. Because I'm nothing special. I'm no different than you. I'm just a fellow follower of Christ. Walking in faith. The third thing Paul says is this. Now, <clears throat> this is big. And I'm talking especially to those of you who are like me. Very profit motivated. Type A. Callous. Going to tell you like it is. Listen to me closely. Types like that. Because I know you. Because I'm like you. And I've had to unlearn some things. I'm still bold, but I've had to unlearn some things. Paul says, make sure you use a lot of grace in sharing. He says it this way, let your speech always be with grace. Now, what is grace? Well, you know, it simply means giving someone favor that they don't deserve. You favor somebody and they don't deserve it, like what Jesus did for all of humanity. If you gave people grace, you'd forgive people. But since you don't forgive them, you're not giving them any grace. You're playing God and a false God at that. Now, <clears throat> when Paul says, let your speech always be with grace, here's what he's saying to us. When you share Jesus, when you share your faith, don't focus your dialogue on their sins. They know they sin. They don't need you to point it out again. They already know it. But we Christians, some of us, oh, we're gonna, we try to clean the fish before we catch them, huh? Bad move. I've been around fishermen in the high seas. I ain't seen one of them jump in the water, try to clean the fish, come out and say, now I'm gonna catch you. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Paul says, don't focus your dialogue on their sins. What should I do, Jim? Share with them how great Jesus is. Share with them all the great things Jesus has done for them. 
Share with them how much God the Father loves them, how Jesus proved his love on the cross, what he did to save them. Share with them, you know, you can't work for it. And because, you know, God came down to you, and if you try to work for it, when will you ever feel secure in that? You never will. Just share. It's grace, man. It's grace because God loves you, came looking for you. Let me put it to you like this. <clears throat> when you walk by that uh, person at work tomorrow or whenever next day at work is, and they're boasting on how they had a, a fornication weekend, you know, don't walk by, listen to that and say, fornicators burn in hell, and then keep on walking. Don't do that, okay? They already know fornicators burn in hell. And don't take the bait when they say, oh, I can't wait to go to hell. All my friends are going to be there. And don't say, go, well, theologically, you know that's in, they don't care. They don't care, okay? It doesn't work. I already tried those roads. I'm a prophet motivated. I want to tell people the way it is. It doesn't work. I'm just guessing out loud here. But I think most fornicators know they're going to burn in hell. I'm guessing out loud. <clears throat> But here is the mistake in that approach. <clears throat> and that's the fourth thing that Paul warned us about. Here's the mistake. Only give a pinch of conviction of sin. Only give a pinch of conviction of sin. He says, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. Now put it all together. Have you ever been served a meal and whoever cooked it put a little bit too much salt in that thing? You ever had that happen? You don't even want to eat it. It's like, oh. You just take one taste and you want to dump that thing. I'll go get fast food. Have you ever? Had the salt shaker, you pour salt just on a little bit of salt, but the, the top's not screwed on, the whole thing comes out. It's all over your food. It's like, oh, I'm not going to eat that now. It's too much salt. Herein lies the problem with our sharing many times. Salt is just a seasoner. It's not the main course. See, in sharing our faith, some of us try to make salt the main course. I'm going to point out everybody's sin. No. No. That's just a little pinch. It's a little seasoner. The main course is grace and mercy and the love of God. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have 200 speeding tickets. <laughs> and the DMV called and said, Hey, um, we've looked at your records. And we see that uh, you're kind of like the worst driver in history. You're lousy. We got something for you. We would like you to come down here to the DMV and get all our employees here, sit down and stand you up in front and tell them what a lousy driver you are to all our employees. Could you come down? Would you let us do that? Question, would you go? No. And why? Because all they want to do is dump salt all over you. They want to point out everything wrong about you. But what if they called and said, Mr. Del Campbell, and we can see like, you have 200 speeding tickets. And um, 
I know you don't want to get another one. We'd like for you to come down. We want to teach you how not to get another speeding ticket. Because it's costing you too much. It's raising, you're paying for the tickets, raising your insurance. If they told you that, we want to just show you how to not to get another speeding ticket. Would you possibly go down there and listen? Probably. And why? Well, they're not judging you. They're not dumping salt all over you. They're going to show you the way out. See, Paul adds in all these pieces we talked about so that you will know how you should respond to each person. He's saying this is how you share your faith. Lots of grace. Lots of love of God. A lot of the cross. Pinch of salt. Pinch of conviction. Pinch of conviction. In John 1.14, you go back to John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. So we know the Word is Jesus, because the Word Jesus became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten Son of the Father. And he says, full. Jesus is full. Jesus is full of grace and truth. He's not 50% of each. He's 100% of each. The problem is, some of us are all truth. I'm going to just lay out the truth to them. I'm going to just tell them the way it is. Oh, really? That's great. You're just going to be one angry Christian telling everybody what's wrong with them, telling everybody in the world what's wrong. And then there's the other Christians. It's all grace. Oh, you know, don't worry about that he has the sin and just God loves you and this and that. And you don't give any conviction, no pinch of salt. Can't do that either. You got to have them both. You got to have them both. What's interesting to me in that same book of John is that in John 3, when Nicodemus comes, he gives Nicodemus truth. In John 4, when the Samaritan woman comes, he gives her grace. Grace and truth, grace and truth. Now, let's put this grace and truth thing together. One of my favorite New Testament stories is the adulterous woman. You probably know the story, but if you don't, just know this woman's been brought to Jesus, caught in adultery. They're using her to try to trap Jesus. They throw her down in Jesus' feet and they say, this woman's been caught in adultery in the very act. Now the law of Moses says that this woman should be stoned. And they look at Jesus and say, but what do you say? What do you say? Because they got him. They think they got him. Of course, Jesus kneels down in the dirt, just begins to write with his finger and, and they get enraged because he's not reacting to them. And they, so they say, we said... This woman's been caught in adultery in the very act. And, this, and they intensify, and they're about to stone her. And Jesus stands up, and he says, He who is without sin among you, be the first to throw a stone at her. They start dropping the rocks, from the oldest to the youngest. They leave. Jesus lifts her up. And he says, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She says, No man, Lord. And then Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. 
And then he adds, go and sin no more. Watch what he just did. Neither do I condemn you, grace. Go and sin no more, truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. You got to have them both. If you're going to reach a lost world of broken people, you need them both. And you've got to learn that methodology. Otherwise, as Christians, we're going to just drive people away. We'll be no different than the people we saw this last year marching the streets, getting in people's faces. We got the greatest message on the planet in the history of mankind. Let's use it correctly. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll stop here for now. We'll finish up the book next time. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.